We're crazy for Swayze. Gonna watch everything he made. We're crazy for Swayze. And I'm sleeping about it. Hello! Welcome to another episode of Crazy for Swayze. My name is Vince Troya, and I'm joined, as always, by Josh Young. Josh, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Josh, are you excited for TV? I love TV. We're going to watch some TV. Now that we've finished North and South, we have decided that it's time to venture into Patrick Swayze's final title, The Beast. The Beast. Josh, now you obtained this on DVD. Did you hear about it before this at all? Like, would you have any experience with this television show at all? I have no idea. I thought that this might be like an adaptation of The Beauty and the Beast, where he's a cop. (laughs) Okay. Because cops are the beast, you know? Yes, I understand. All cops are beasts. Would that make Travis Flamel the the bell? Uh, Maybe. I mean, it sounds like it. Or the beauty. Flabelle? But yeah, well, I mean, like his actual name is Travis Flamel. He's playing a guy named Ellis Dove. I mean, doves, symbol of peace. Yeah, birds. Right? Disney princess shit. All right. Well, that's what we're going to stick with through this. Okay. I'll I'll find the allegory. (laughs) My mission. It's a cop drama, right? The back of the box tells me. That veteran FBI agent Charles Barker, played by Patrick Swayze, who isn't afraid to break rules to get the job done, trains new rookie partner Ellis Dove, Travis Flamel from Warcraft, in his pushing-the-envelope style of agenting. Jeez, hold on. That's a fucking sentence. Like, that was one sentence. Yeah. That's, that's the longest sentence I've ever heard. Yeah. The back of this box has one more sentence on it. Okay. No, I think there's like five sentences on this entire box. Great, perfect. What's the next one? But if Dove is having trouble learning the ropes, it could be because he's a little distracted. An FBI internal affairs team has suspects Baker may have gone rogue in excuse me, pressuring Dove to work as a double agent to keep them posted on his mentor. That was two sentences. I got no, there's a a hyphen. Oh my god, I love hyphens so I can make the longest sentences. It's it's a it's so fucking long. There's like that description is two sentences and it says Patrick Swayze is back and gunning for justice period. Enjoy all 13 original episodes exclamation point. And then we have a uh little little tidbit here from Gina Bellavante from the New York Times. Patrick Swayze's performance is impressive for its resistance to cliché and remarkable for more we should cut that out because I read that. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Her opinion doesn't. Yeah, yeah. This Gina Belafonte lady says it's cool in one sentence. So that's all the sentences. Oh, there's two on the front. Uh, deep undercover. Who can you trust? That's the tagline, baby. Who can you trust? Like, all Time right. To enter beast mode. If you want to watch a fucking TV show with nine sentences on the box, look for The Beast starring Patrick Swayze. This fucker was on TV between uh, January and April of 2009, right? Okay, so they got a, a cop blast, copaganda blast. This is like super copaganda stuff, and like... Hey, but FBI, they're the cool cops. 
you know, guess they're here to ask you if you've seen anything strange recently, any lights in the sky, anything that goes bump in the night that you can't explain. See, the only thing that... have you seen any ghosts? Have you seen any aliens? <laughs> that's like that's the only the the only fun branch of the FBI. All the other FBIs are just like, um, I'm a country cop. I can go anywhere in the country. Yeah, that's how the FBI works. Yep, I'm a cop, and I can go anywhere in the country. What about Clarice Starling? She's an FBI agent. No, not yet. Oh, she's in training? Yeah, she's in training. Wow. Yeah, I don't... The year was 1997 or whatever. But yeah, so this TV show, right? Um, Patrick Swayze is top-billed as Charles Baker, like I said, and it said his name on IMDb was Apache also. That's not... That's not proper. Maybe that's his call, like his handle, you know, or something. Yeah, but still, you know, like that's it's not like he was arbitrarily assigned this handle hey. or racistly by the the cops in his world. I mean, like th- somebody wrote that down. Yeah. Yeah. No. A, a white guy wrote that down. Uh, yeah, I'm going to probably agree with you. But he, like I said, he's starring alongside Travis Flamel from Warcraft and three seasons of Vikings or two seasons of Vikings. Oh, God. White uh, people shit. Lindsay Pulsifer from True Blood and Law and Order SVU, Kevin J. O'Connor from The Mummy, and Van Helsing. And we're also going to see one appearance each of James Hong, Lou Diamond Phillips, John Hurd, and Sticky Fingers. Hell yeah, does this make the FBI Swayze adjacent? Maybe. Yeah, because I mean, they're characters, not actors, but... I am an FBI agent. You are an FBI agent. Um, a cab, including me. <laughs> Do you think we should get you like a little FBI agent outfit so you can be like uh, an FBI agent clown? Oh, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? Dude, that'd be, that'd be like you show up to a party and you're like, you're Agent Dale Cooper, but the clown Agent Dale Cooper. Yeah, how's Annie? How's Annie? Yeah. Yeah, and he's always like, this This coffee is damn fine. A honka, and he grabs his nose. <laughs> I think that is the joy of having the, the, the nose, is going honk. Now, this was filmed on location in Chicago, so I uh, I genuinely, genuinely don't know what this is going to be about. Like, if it's going to be like, do you think it's going to be uh, like gang stuff? I'd like to know what branch of the FBI he's involved in, so I guess we'll... yeah. Or report back. Yeah, he says he's a he's a veteran, so I'm sure he's seen lots of stuff in the field. Oh yeah, and I wonder if it's you know he's like coming out of retirement. And being mid 2000s in Chicago, gun violence was high. You know, I mean, gun violence is always high. This is America. Yeah, but yeah, I'm excited to see what it's about. Uh, we're going to be doing the first pilot episode today. We have yet to decide how we're going to break it up from here on out. But hey, you know. You may be into to, to 13 episodes. You may be into five. Who the fuck knows? We don't fucking care. It's going to be goddamn awesome. Josh, um, are you excited to watch some copaganda? Yeah, I have one last question for you. Slap you, me with it, baby. Do you think there's going to be, it's like going to be serialized fully, like b- bad guy of the week? Or do you think there's going to be like an overarching bat, big bad? See, I think it's going to have to be like, like, like an overarching but we're gonna have to have a few monsters of the week you know because we forward to the monster choices we can't we can't just go like all right we have 13 episodes you know and 
we're going to just do one bad guy for all of them. They're not crazy people. Well, like the closer that was a cop show that was on in uh like 2008 2009 yeah and they would have like multiple two-part episodes over the course of a season you know because some guys are just so bad they need two episodes did when when justin bieber was on law and order did he have two episodes or was that just one probably just one dude i haven't seen that i don't watch law and order the closer that's different that's about a lady cop Ooh, lady cops dude i love when ladies are cops Yep, but we need more ladies and cops. Yep. You you could be a cop too, ladies. Um, Here's an ad from the Washington State Highway Patrol. I pointed a gun in your face. Would you tell me the truth? Yes, a hundred percent. Well, I would never point a gun in your face. That's rude as fuck. It's bad firearm <laughs> protocol, <laughs> dude. All right, so it started with the standoff, Mexican standoff, but it was like a four four directions. Yeah, not the classic three. Yeah, it was it was a thing. Um, and then he just shoots one of the guys. Yeah, I think that was his partner, his his buddy Ellis. Yeah, sure. All right, dude. They note they don't say any other names. No, never. We didn't hear Barker's name until halfway through the episode, mm-hmm. and I thought it was Baker until then. Yeah, because it's like uh, it's in media res. Yeah. You know, you just jump in. As soon as I saw the train tracks outside Swayze's apartment, though, it reminded me of Next of Kin. Do you think? Like, it, yes. Do you think that was Swayze's apartment? Uh, I think so. Right next to the train tracks there? I don't know. I don't think that... I you think Swayze could have been anywhere. I don't think he has a home. Oh, you think he's like a nomad? Yeah. Ooh, that could be cool. See, that- I was going to say homeless. You said nomad. Yeah. Well, Josh, how did you feel about this guy? Like like we said, it started off action-packed. Where did it go from there? Did it go up? Did it go down? Did it make you happy? Did it make you sad? How did you feel? I mean, you know, it gave me a lot of emotions because it's copaganda. Oh, yeah. Uh, And Swayze's a very bad cop. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think that's a great place to start right there. Is he morally bad, do you think? I don't know. I don't know. I think pointing a gun in somebody's face is morally bad. Well, by the end of the episode, we we find out that Ellis was actually being put through, like, a training or like a qualification or what 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 would you call that? It was an inside job. It was an inside job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we we find out that Alice is kind of being tried out unknowingly for this team to watch and potentially bust Barker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like uh, so he's getting trained by Barker to do the undercover shit, mm-hmm. and these guys are like, ah, yeah, that was kind of a setup job that you did with him because we needed to see if he was a real bad guy. Yeah, because he has been like doing things off the books or something along those lines. They think he's got too many connections or something, you know. Mm-hmm. We haven't we haven't found out too much, but they just kind of give us the, you know, this guy might be a bad guy. Well, they they think he's in too deep, okay. right? I think is the problem, but and he's he's like straying off protocol too far mm. because what he's trying to teach his trainee is like about the 
the the point of the line, the point of protocol, is yeah. so that you know when you're crossing the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the point of the line. That's what he says. Okay. So we know when we're crossing it. And I think he knows that he's doing bad guy shit, and that's just part of it. Like, you haven't really watched Hannibal. No, so you, I haven't. So you don't really know about it, but, like, the the main character on Hannibal... Hannibal? Not Hannibal, no. Hannibal's the, the, the villain. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> the good guy, uh, I forget his name, uh, Will, he has the ability to empathize with the serial killer. Okay. Or, like, understand the serial killer, but sometimes he goes in too deep. And that's, like, one of the things about, like, it's one of the tropes in undercover media. You know, you go native. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a tale as old as time. Tale as old as imperialism, uh, British imperialism specifically. Yeah, you're in too deep. Um, But, okay, so the villain, that's what we were talking about when we went to go watch it, was the villain. Yeah, yeah. Swayze necessarily isn't the villain, you yeah. know? Well, well, well. That's another thing. We we set up a few villains in this specific episode. There is a person that is going to be buying a, an RPG mm-hmm. from Ellis and Barker. But it takes them a long time to get to the guy that they need to get to to buy it. First, they need the launch codes. Yeah, first they have to get get the get the thing. And then they have to get the launch codes, and then they have to get something else, and it's just like... They, they have to get the launch codes, and then they have to get the name of the guy that they're meeting up with, but they don't actually have to because it's in their paperwork. Mm-hmm. It's in their case file, which is given to them by a gentleman called Conrad. He's got a big old mustache. That's the guy that was in The Mummy. Yeah. Um. He, yeah, so Conrad seems like a cool dude, but he stays out of everything, and you notice that... He strikes he, me as a shadowy government dude, if that's what you mean by cool. Well, I mean, like... He's like their smoking man. I was going to say, yeah, it, it looks from the way that they talk... I'm sorry, he's that, their Skinner, not their smoking man. The smoking man's the bad guy. Oh. Skinner's the guy who's their boss. Okay. Continue, sorry. <laughs> but he seems like he's got a history with Barker, and they're not fans of each other kind of situation. But, yeah, I don't know. The, I, I thought that we had a few guy, bad guys set up, but then we found out by the end of the episode, those are all undercover agents. Not necessarily all of them. The, the big bad that they caught was supposedly actually a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. The guy who was going to buy them, some Russian guy named Nikolai. Or Vlad, or what was the other one I suggested? Antonio. <laughs> no, that's Italian. <laughs> okay, uh, I think that it was a great pilot. Yeah, because it was, it was a pilot strong. for the kid as well. You know, mm-hmm. the trainee's also getting his pilot episode, and we get a whole good plot about them br- bringing down this guy who wants to buy the rockets. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, ah, yeah, great episode over. But you know, there's going to be a stinger. You know, so we get the stinger. From Ellis, you know, he gets on the train mm-hmm. and the fucking 9-11 guy's on there. Yeah. The guy who says 9-11 was an inside job. That's my favorite scene. Okay, all right. Well, let's go through the, the his team members that we meet at the end then. or Well, not his, but the team members. Yeah, yeah, because they're going to recruit him to do, like, IA or whatever, internal affairs. The guy that they met to get the, the codes, <coughs> he was also a drug dealer, right? And this was your favorite favorite scene. Yeah, because because the trainee has to show up at the trailer. Yes, and then just try and give him the money to get the codes. And then the guy wants to play games with him. Yeah, he says you have to either smoke this meth or play Russian roulette, but shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah, which is a metaphor, right? Yeah. 
Um, so instead, he smokes the meth and then beats up the guy. Mm-hmm. But first, the guy tells him all sorts of 9-11 shit. 9-11 truther. Are you a truther or are you a sheep, Vince? Yeah, that's the first thing he says. He walks in the door and is like, you first and foremost, don't let that door shut because the door shuts, you're going to get shot. Oh, yeah, by the harpoon. Yeah, he had, he had, a, he, he had a harpoon rigged up being held by like a bear. A stuffed bear, yes. Yeah. Gorgeous. I was a fan inside of a trailer that had meth getting cooked in it. The whole scene had way too much going on, and that meth pipe looked a lot like a weed pipe. It did. <laughs> it looks just like weed. But hey, in 2009, weed wasn't legal, especially in Illinois, so that could have just been weed. No, it was meth. He said later on it was meth. Oh, yeah. And I he know. was so methed out, dude. He was giving me major Jesse Pinkman vibes throughout the remainder of the episode. Yeah? Yeah, it's, it was mad breaking bad vibes. You got the old guy. Training the young guy on how to do the craft. Mm-hmm. Was Breaking point. Bad out yet? Yeah. Yeah? Breaking Bad was definitely out in 2009. Hell yeah. I didn't catch on to it until at least 2010, maybe maybe 2013. Oh. Oh, yeah. Breaking Bad's a shit. Yeah. Breaking Bad was out in 2009. Hell yeah. So they knew what they were doing. Yeah. They were like, we're going to have a great TV show here. And there's going to be some meth in it. But I like that it was like a monster of the week, right? He goes to this meth guy, he beats him up, he gets the codes, they do the deal, whatever. Mm-hmm. That guy shows up at the end on the train. Yeah. Who all else is on the train? Well, it was... Um, Sticky I, Fingers was on the train also. Oh. Yeah, Caesar, the guy that they were trying to sell the RPG to, and then that's when Swayze like pulls it out of the box in the room, shoots it out the window, and blows up their rental car. Their Lincoln Navigator, which yeah. was not a rental car. He said that he borrowed it from one of the guys. Oh, one of the other guys? I, I feel like he said he thought he said he borrowed it from the evidence locker guy, but I could be wrong. Oh. <laughs> After he stole the the RPG out of it. Because I feel like a lot of these characters aren't necessarily going to be recurring characters. Yeah. Well, Sticky Fingers is only in one episode, so this was it for him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, And that's weird because he's on the team. But, I mean, it's a pilot, so people come and go between pilots and the show. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't know. I didn't really recognize the rest of the team. There was, like, another... I forgot. What game was Sticky Fingers playing... Sticky Fingers playing with his uh, friends? Uh, it looked like a James Bond. It was it was a split four frame. It was either Halo or fucking Goldeneye. Yeah, maybe not Goldeneye, but like a, like a James Bond style thing. It was it was like a first person shooter setup, and the the screen was split into four different sections, and they were playing like a like a just a head to head kind of looking situation. It could have been fucking Call of Duty. I didn't see anybody like holding controllers aside from him though. Oh, <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> what if he was playing online? You don't get the split screen online. That's the joy of playing online. That's why they don't make split screen anymore, because you can cheat. Oh. You know? That's a good point. I didn't consider that. Because you're not a gamer. I don't play those kind of games. I'm totally a gamer. I'm a little Game Boy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you watch out. Um... I don't, uh, you know, I don't don't really approve of some of Swayze's methods as the bad cop. Yeah, the Swayze method. We will develop this idea as the show goes forward. Yeah. What the what the letters stand for in the Swayze method? What what do you have any letters right now for the Swayze method? Stop. <laughs> Stop starts it. Whoa, man. <laughs> uh, a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Stop, whoa man, a gun. 
Yeah. A gun. These 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 are great, Josh. You're killing it. Okay. I think we should develop a Swayze method. At least just like his his um I'm just thinking just for this show. <laughs> yeah, his style of policing is is definitely gonna be something we should we should be watching, you know. See how it develops. And then, See if it develops, because he might not develop at all being a potential bad guy. Well, and that's the other thing, is that I thought he was going to be the main character, but this is mostly from the trainee's point of view. Yeah, we got a lot of Ellis's situation going on, because he went on some dates and bullshits. You know, but that was his only private life. Otherwise, it just followed him. Like, Swayze did, like, dirty deals off screen. Oh, hey, I want to talk about that one. The evidence locker guy? No, not just the evidence locker guy. The one that was his wife was involved with. Okay, but that wasn't his wife. We both went, his wife. <laughs> See, that okay. That was his sister. That was his sister? Yes. So he got his brother-in-law to kill himself? Yes. All right, so, all right. So his his brother-in-law is getting shook down because he's like a degenerate gambler or some shit, right? Maybe, but he gave him a bunch of money and a gun. And then once he got that money and that gun, he went and sat in his car and told, um, called somebody and told him to delete all the files. That mm-hmm. Somebody knows and just delete all the files, get rid of all of them, then he kills himself. Okay, so maybe it was some cop shit. Who's to say? But Swayze had went over to his sister's place and been like, hey, what's going on? How are the kids? And she's mm-hmm. like, some guy came by and said, uh, your dad's in trouble. And he's like, well, I'm going to handle this. So we figured that was him. He mm-hmm. was the dad. Yeah. But he wasn't. It was his brother-in-law's the dad. So he's like, hey, brother-in-law, your shit's going real south. Or he's like, sis, tell him to meet me at this place. Yeah. And they meet up and he gives him the gun and the money. And the guy gets in his car, pulls down the visor, and there's yeah. a photo of his wife and uh, the two kids that in the photo. And I was like, is that his wife? I cannot tell the difference between white ladies of a certain age. She was on screen for only a moment. I wasn't paying attention close enough. I couldn't tell you, to be completely honest. But it must have been. All right. Sidebar. You get into your significant other's car. It's sunny out. You flop down the visor to find a picture of you. Do you get creeped out? No, no, I mean, that's that's my husband. Yeah, that's my wife. And th- Yeah, I'm his wife. <laughs> no, I mean, it's 2009. People still had photos back then. No one has photos anymore. Yeah, okay, that's a good point. It's not necessarily creepy. I don't know They're why. They're married. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I even thought that it would be creepy. What would be creepy is you get in the car. And, and there's it- somebody else's family up there. You get in the car. The neighbor's family with the neighbor. It's just the boys. It's the boys and the dogs. And then we have a separate photo under the passenger visor of all the girls and the cats. It's all gen. It's all very gendered. It's how we've separated the neighbors. Um, no, you get inside the car at the police impound lot, and you have to go through all the stuff in your car. And there's just blood and brain matter all over the car, including all over a photo of you and your children. That's creepy. That's, yeah, that's intense. And that's what she's going to have to do. Or maybe she'll send Swayze to do it. Maybe that's what she did, and that's why she was so upset when Swayze showed up. No! (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because he does show up again at the end of the episode, right? Yeah, after the fact. Yeah. And what all was said there? I don't remember. It didn't seem like it mattered to me. At that point, I didn't think that they were fucking related at all. 
you were like, ah, this, she'll be back, and then maybe like, they'll kiss. I was like, I don't know who this lady is, but he's concerned about her children. Okay, so speaking of romance, uh, Jesse Pinkman, uh, the trainee, he goes to he goes to meet with this girl once. Yeah, Rose. Rose at the cafe or yeah. wherever they're at, a place that you can get drinks. Yeah, go get a drink, and she's like, yeah, this is not a date. We're just here to get a drink. And then she's like, what do you do for a living? And he's like, that's information you find out on a date. And then she's like, I guess this is a date then. And then his boss calls him, and he's like, gotta go. And he pieces the fuck Didn't out. Did he say he got two phone calls? Yeah, okay. <laughs> he so got one from this drunk guy that got introduced at the beginning of the episode yeah. that he's going to try and sponsor, Well, that's, even though he's not sober. That was the thing. Yeah, he's like, Swayze is trying to get him to really commit to the idea of a character. Like, once, you're, once you've are once you introduced yourself to a person as a character, that's it. That's all, they don't get to know real, the real you. You're always the character for that person. So he told on a dare to go and talk to this drunk guy at the bar. It was not a dare. It was, I'm your boss, and you've got to do it. It's not oh, negotiable. Okay, all right. Excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we just need to like understand how truly toxic this Swayze character is, you, you know? You are correct. No, you are you're correct. Yeah, so he sends him over to the guy at the bar. He says, go and pretend you're his sponsor, you know, and that you want to pull him in 12 steps and get him sober, you know? Go do it right now. And I guarantee you he's going to force him to do something fucked up with that guy later on. He's yeah. going to make that guy do something fucked up. Yeah, well, yeah, as as he's leaving the situation because there was an altercation, Swayze gives the drunk man uh, Elias's number and uh, Ellis's number. You want to make it is. a first name. Ellis is a last name. Yeah. Isn't it? I don't know this guy's name, truly. E-L-L-I-S. That's his last name. That's his first name. That's not a first name. That's the last name. That's his first name, man. Don't ever name someone that. If you are listening, do I, not ever name your child Ellis. Why? Dude, like, they can name their kids Ellis if they want to. That's a last name. His name is Ellis Dove. Dove, yes. That's a much better name. <laughs> Imagine this guy walking around with the first name Dove. Dove? What would his last name be? Ellis. Ellis. <laughs> Don't be dumb. Also, then he's you know Hawk and Dove. He can be a he can be a superhero. His his little okay. All right, you know how you know how Charles's name is Apache. We, we didn't hear that, but yes, how we discussed this. That's what you, yeah we did discuss this not uh, an hour ago. Alice Dove's ni- name is uh, Carlson. So, what, is that funny to you? So Swayze could have had any any other name. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yes, it's not like they have chosen Native American names as their department. It doesn't matter about any hey, of that. You know, you know, uh, Harry Conrad. You know, the, yeah, the, the buddy. His his extra name. Yeah, you want to guess what it is? Uh, King Charles. No, give, give it give it a real guess, Josh. Come, Come on, on, that was a fine guess. <laughs> yeah, give me one more. Saskatchewan. Oh, dude, you should aim lower. His nickname was Conrad. Oh, that that is. <laughs> <laughs> quit it, quit it with the live trivia. This is fucked hey, up. There's another character named uh, Todd Jiraki. He goes by a second name too. Guess what it is? Jiraki. It's Todd. No oh, fuck. That's his real name. <laughs> Dude, I love the naming of this TV 
show. This is going to be great, man. I'm loving it. Like I'm having so much fun so far. Whatever's going on, it was a total monster of the week episode, but it yep. set up everything because Swayze's getting phone calls that he can't answer, mm-hmm. and the kid has a love interest, mm-hmm. Dove. <laughs> Dove has got a love interest in and, fucking Rose. And their Rose. date is insane. She, he sat down. He, he got, got a, phone a phone call, call from the drunk guy. Then they hung, hung up. up. Then he got a phone call from Swayze after telling her that it has to be a date to find out what job he has. Then he's like, I have to bail because my boss needs me. And then he's like, let's do this again tomorrow. also clearly on meth. Yeah. Very clearly on meth. And then he's (laughs) on meth clearly throughout the remainder of the episode. But he didn't do any more meth. Because then he goes, he tells her to meet him at another bar. At a different time. Mm-hmm. And then he day. shows up there and he just stands outside in the rain or whatever. <laughs> looking very on drugs and mysterious. Yeah. And then a bus passes by and he's gone. Just like he's a fucking Spider-Man or some shit. <laughs> Insanity. <laughs> Is that romance? <laughs> yes. Gee, there, nothing makes me hotter than wanting to go on a date with a boy and then seeing him from across the street disappear behind a bus. This is the beginning of the golden age of television. Dude. Like, Lost is out, and it is hot. Yeah. Ah, and they're doing this. Yeah. (laughs) Cop shit. Yeah. And they're like, are those people even a real unit? Is this a beautiful mind? What is happening? The, the Patrick Swayze is not the villain though because he references the beast and like when you get deep into undercover the beast can take over yeah. but you can't let the beast take over yeah and the beast is also coming for the trainee it's coming for Dove <laughs> it's coming for Dove I think that that is a good observation because Swayze even was talking to him after their undercover situation mm-hmm. with the with the rocket launcher guy because he's like, yeah, if we just bent over, you know, we would look like we were a little bit more organized. We wanted to appear unorganized, you know, like like this was our first rodeo, so I had to like go against you, mm-hmm. to, and your punching me only sold it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I thought that they, it really exposed the two of them are going to be kind of like a good mentor y uh relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna be interesting to see how it develops. Especially yes. if they're trying to pit Dove against fucking Barker. Like why, dude? Like that's the thing. What I like about this as copaganda mm-hmm. is that they're acting like oh, He's bad cop. He's the bad apple, right? Mm-hmm. And is that the case, or like what what's going on? You know, because like a good cop and a bad cop, it's all very blurred. Yeah, who's to say? Like, it does a good cop <laughs> point guns in people's faces? Does well, a good cop do meth? Does a good cop point guns in people's faces immediately? Immediately, <laughs> well, I don't have time for this. He was sitting there like interviewing someone on a on a beach. With with Jesse Pinkman and fucking just whips out a gun and starts pointing it in this poor woman's face he who's giving him un- information. He puts it under her chin. What was the information he was trying to get the codes? I don't know. This was like the first thing that happened. He's like, we're introduced to him. He She's gets like, you're it, looking for sticky fingers. Yeah. The first thing that happens is he gets into that Mexican standoff. 
Uh huh. Then he shoots his partner. Immediately he tells him to get over it. Yeah. Immediately, it was like, just get the fuck over and it, then, man. And then he leaves him on the side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> and then he shows up and is like, "Yeah, we have to go and meet Sticky Fingers. So let's go and steal this RPG." I I think he shows up at at Dove's apartment and he's like. Uh, I gotta take a call. Go stand in the hall. And he's like, uh, it's my apartment, motherfucker. And then they, and then they get in the car and they go to the park. And they go to the park and they meet the lady. And he's like, where can I buy a rocket launcher? And she's like, I don't fucking know. And he's, no one knows this. And he's like, you're, you're, she's like, I'm on your side. I'm on your side, man. I'm, I, I'm a witness. And he's like, you didn't tell us everything. Where can we get the rocket launchers or the codes or whatever? And she's like, I don't know. So he points a gun at her. <laughs> And she begs and pleads, and then she gives him the information he wants. Then they go to Sticky Fingers' apartment and watch him play video games. Yeah. And do their weird accents. And then uh, <laughs> Sticky Fingers is like, why are you shooting that out of my window? And Swayze's like, because I'm grandpa. And then, let's see, then they go to the next place, right? Which is a boardroom. Yeah, I like that. He that, like When he walks into Sticky Fingers' apartment, they call, they're they like, I want him to come over here and talk to me, not you, grandpa. So then he refers to himself grandpa later on in the scene, and I loved it. How's this for grandpa, or whatever? I loved it. Uh, I and feel then like- they leave there, and then the next thing that they do is they go to the boardroom. Jesse Pinkman has to stand outside. Mm-hmm. And then they get in an argument over the phone. All the guys follow Swayze down to the car so he can quote unquote kill his brother. One of the guys that was in that boardroom was on that train. Okay, that's what I was thinking as yeah, well, yeah. right? One of those guys was, yes. The okay. guy he was talking to, you know. Um what I did like about well, okay. And then they go outside and then they have a quick fight or whatever and the cops show up and then the mm-hmm. episode's over pretty much. Yeah. Um, okay, so they meet all these bad guys and everything. Like, the real bad guys in the boardroom, mm-hmm. they were all white. Yeah. I mean, that's that's one thing. I was con- very concerned this would be, like, a very gang-based thing. Yeah? Why, why do you... Oh, I mean, like... Because Chicago is, point. like, known in media for gang violence. Yes, you're right. Um, I have nothing to really say about that. You know, like, when I stayed in Chicago, mm-hmm. I stayed in Pilsen. That's, like, the very Latino neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And the gangs ran the, ran the neighborhood, and it looked good to me. Yeah. Like, I saw a bunch of big cholos out uh, sweeping up fireworks, because it was 4th of July. At the end of the night, I saw a bunch of cholos sweeping up fireworks. Oh, yeah. It was sick. Yeah. Because they don't expect the city services to go there. But either way, uh, gang stuff is portrayed very negatively in media, and I, did, I, I imagine we'll see some of that moving forward. Yeah. But uh, not too much in this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, I liked that at Sticky Fingers' apartment, they had uh, video games on. <laughs> what 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 do you think he would have on if he didn't have that? Yo, MTV Cribs. You think MTV Cribs? Uh, Rock of Love. Dude, I don't think he'd have Rock of Love. If he would have anything, he'd have fucking Flavor of Love, man. Flavor. Or I Love New York. You don't know that? Maybe what? this guy fucking loves Brett Michaels. I, I think we're the only ones who love Brett Michaels. I don't love Brett Michaels. <laughs> I think it's us and Steven and the women that are on the show, and I, that's it. I don't love Brett Michaels. That guy is a fucking maniac. He's a psycho. He's literally delusional, but it's not a delusion if it's real. Dude, I was we were talking about it the other day, and I was like, you know, watching Rock of Love really gives you the... The insight into how fragile Brett Michaels actually is, because it's like because of his diabetes. Well, not only because of his diabetes, but he is like 
multi-million dollar, like internationally known artist, right? He pioneered the sound of hair metal, you know, like... Did he do that? I mean, like, it was a whole band. It wasn't well, just him who made all those songs. Well, yeah, it was Poison. But, yeah, like, it, it, if when you think of hair metal, you think of Poison. Like, they are the name. They are the genre, you know? Sure. And he, you watch him just, like, get so incredibly upset over the fact that one of the women on the show competing for his love and affection is a stripper. Uh-huh. And he can't handle the idea that she may return to work after the show's done. Yeah. And he wants to keep her. Yeah. He like wants, Casper. He wants to save her, you know? But but by saving her, he wants to, like, keep her. Yeah. You know? And, and also, he can't stand the idea of someone who, like, was seeing someone before she came to compete for Brett Michaels' love. Yeah. Like, and he can't handle the like, thought of he, someone who was married twice before and has two restraining orders. He, he's like, you need to get over those restraining orders. He, he, he has a harem of women, and he is upset that some women have dated other men before coming to the house. And he's mad that some of their dads have tried, uh, have denied him their daughters. <laughs> like, oh, like I, I just think he, he is just baffling. It's not baffling person. to me. It's just, it makes sense fully to me. And that's why, maybe that's why I hate him and you love him. Because I get it and it's simple and it's dumb. I guess I know I know what it is, but I mean, like, I still like love watching it. You can't believe that it's real. It's like a train wreck happening in front of your eyes, but fifteen years ago. Yeah, I just want to be like, oh, Brett, just like, just. It's like if you could watch the footage from a train wreck that you saw fifteen years ago, anytime you wanted. Yeah, on VH1. <laughs> yeah, you can just buy it. <laughs> you can buy it uncensored. Mm-hmm. So that there's titties. Yeah. No yeah. titties in this show. No titties in this show. Well, Josh, I think that's this episode. How'd you feel about it? I felt great about it. Are we gonna save the 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 the, the namesake of this podcast, this the Swayze scale? For the last episode? I think we should. Okay. I think we should stick in in tradition with our other TV shows and hold off to the very end. Because well, I mean. because, you know, we we can we can judge this episode on how Swayze it may be, but I think in in the grand scheme of things, like this was pretty Swayze. I I would venture that there is one road trip episode. I, I I'm hoping that there is. Do you think we're gonna see any horses? Look, I always hope we're gonna see horses. Um, like in this episode, I wrote down that they mentioned dancing, just in case we did need to rate it on the Swayze scale. Swayze scale. This time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a lot of questions, but maybe they'll be answered over the course of the next 12 episodes of this show. I liked that, uh, Alice was, um, jumping over stuff. Yeah, he did the hood slide classic. <laughs> he did some parkour, so like... It that's... was honestly like a, a, he sold it to me as real because he did a bad job. Mm-hmm, hmm Like, I feel like I could have done that. <laughs> I think you would have done so much better. You're a graceful little guy. I am graceful. You're right. I I've never seen you fall. (laughs) Never? Never ever. Wow. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. Um I don't know. It's because I usually start flying. (laughs) 
I fall over, my t- feet stop touching the ground, I just you just start floating around. Mm-hmm. Well, Josh, that's what that's weird. And uh, <laughs> if that happens to you, like a fucking weirdo, you should write a you write a like, write us an email at swayzypod at gmail dot com. We're also on uh, Instagram and Twitter and all that at swayzypod. Where Josh is on Letterboxd at Joshua CY, and I'm on Letterboxd at Vincent Troya. And, uh, you know, all that fun stuff. No fashion corner this week. I didn't, I don't, I don't think there, there was anything too outrageous for fashion corner. Everything was pretty late 90s. No, not late 90s, late 2000s. Well, yeah, but none of them were wearing like, like strappy pants or anything. Do you have photos of you wearing strappy pants? Please write into the Swayze Pod with photos of you wearing strappy pants. We're crazy for Swayze. Gonna watch everything he made. We're crazy.